Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast is brought to you by The Buttermilk Co. Guys, guys, Thanksgiving is almost here. You've got a couple weeks to get your 15% off your entire first purchase of $20 or more by using code JBH15 at checkout. That's JBH15 at checkout. The Buttermilk Co. will provide you with your garam masala, your rice is on tap, your kichari, any of those delicious Indian meals that you can have by just adding hot water. So, whether you're traveling during the holidays or just want to like not cook the turkey, Stock up. Now's your chance. The Buttermilk Co. is offering, once again, 15% off your entire first purchase of $20 or more by using code, what is it? A JBH15 at checkout. But today's guest, our featured guest for episode 41 of the Just Being Honest podcast, is one that stands out amongst the crowd. Beatrice Slaughter, better known to her family and friends as B, or as I like to call her, Queen B, is just that. Seriously, she's the queen. <laughs> I say this with the utmost confidence within her journey of where she has rooted from. Guys, she came from communist Germany to a thriving female leader and mother of five now living in a beautiful Southern California. B shares that making time for fitness is a priority, even if it means waking up before the sun rises to get those miles in, and that learning how to cultivate self-care and delegate duties to others is the essence to a thriving lifestyle and harmonious household. Yes. Yes. Finally, she has learned that, and she tells you it didn't come easy, but she tells you the secrets of why it's helped her so much. She, she shares that leading by example in the kitchen by choosing to fuel her family with high quality ingredients is the key to teaching them how to nurture their own bodies. Sure, she knows how to whip up a gourmet style dinner for her growing family, but guys, she admits it doesn't come without strategic planning. Her mantra for efficiency in everything she does is simply that. Preparation is everything, and that a little hard work truly does pay off. Join me as B speaks her words of wisdom right here, right now, on the Just Being Honest podcast. I can't wait. Take notes. Seriously. Ciao! Hi, guys! This is your host, KB, and this is the uh, Just Being Honest podcast. Wow, I really had to enunciate that because, guys, we're dealing with a little bit of uh, exhaust in the air. I feel like I'm living in an ashtray as of lately. I don't know if you've heard, but we've had some forest fires in the Los Angeles area, so bear with me and my guest if we're taking gasps of air. It's been kind of rough outside, and 
us both being very athletic, um, we can't stop getting the movements in. So we're recuperating and I think it's actually pretty, con I don't know, is it contained right now? We'll see. But um, guys, we have a treat for you today on the Just Being Honest podcast with me, your host KB, your health, nutrition, and positive lifestyle manifestation coach. I've got B Schlatter on the podcast. She is, I wish you could see her. She's like a glowing ball of light. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, seriously, a glowing ball of light. She's got this beautiful bombshell blonde hair, and she's got like, let me just preempt this. She's got five kids, five kids, little kids. She's got the body like a Barbie. Stop. No, yes, that's not she true. does. <laughs> she does. So she's got a lot to share with us about health, nutrition, lifestyle choices, being a badass as a, you know, I'm going to throw out there, going for it, stop being lazy, making chances happen, and just being honorable to yourself. So without further ado, Miss B, welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Catherine. So first off, guys, B ran a uh, 10K this morning with uh, Buddy, our buddy, we had Tommy Cassano on the show at one point, but uh, B and Tommy have a cooking show that I got to be on and share some vegan treats, but um, so B and Tommy ran a 10K this morning. And tell me a little bit about that, just so we can kind of kick it off on how athletic you are. Well, so I've had, so I have five children, like Catherine said. Um, I do have one girl and four boys, and my daughter is the oldest with 13. And then I have a nine-year-old boy, and then my twins are going to be four uh, at Christmas, like six weeks away. And my baby is two years and four months. So talking about being athletic... It's probably, uh, well, needless to say that in the last four years since I've had the twins and the baby so close back to back, I haven't really had that much time to stay on top of my athleticism the way I used to when I only had two children <laughs> and when I was in my 30s and I was a little younger. So, But it is that much harder to make time for it, for being athletic, for staying in shape. It's something that's very, very important to me personally because, A, I want my kids to look at me and say, wow, mom is in shape. And B, and this is most important, um, it's not fun to take care of a lot of children and run a house when you don't feel good about yourself. It's not fun. This is, this is a job that is... Uh, better managed when you are healthy, when you carve time out for yourself. In my case, that's usually 5 a.m. in the morning. But I do it because it's important to me. So we did the 10K this morning. I'm not really in 10K shape the okay. way I used to. However, I have to say in the sixth mile today, I was um, tearing up a little bit because I looked at my Garmin and I knew that this was going to be the fastest 10K I've run since I had the twins. Oh. So it was kind of a big deal because slowly, slowly the boys are growing. The baby is too. I can feel how my bucket is being filled again with things that I like to do that had to take a back seat for the last, you know, three, four years because I had 
three babies in 16 months on top of the two I already had. So, yeah, so that's what we did this morning. It was nice. Of course, it was a flat course and Tommy killed me by like 12 minutes. <laughs> well, Tommy is just a, a different yeah. kind but, of time zone. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm... I'm proud of, of myself. I mean, I was like, oh, good, way to go. Well, honey, I'm proud of you. Okay, for one thing, can we just back up? And you're like, I'm not in 6K shape. Guys, she did it in 50 minutes. 50 minutes, which is like, what, a 9.15, 9, 9.15? I think it's 8.40 or 8.40. I don't know. Um, Guys, it's freaking fast. But what I want to say about that, she's got five kids under, all under the age of 13. Yes. With a big kind of gap now, because Jeffrey is... Jeffrey is nine. So nine. So and with then, a five-year age gap. And then I have three under four. Basically. Three under four. Guys, it's all diapers. <laughs> well, <laughs> the twins are done, thank God. I have one left. That's almost all diapers. <laughs> um, but what I want to say here is, be a lot of people don't even... They talk themselves silly in circles of, oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do that. I want to run and stuff like that. You're making that happen. You've got freaking five kids to take care of. I know what you do. You manage that household. Guys, she also cooks her children and her family gourmet meals. Like, oh man, everything she tells me, it's just amazing. She's like, today I made a... I don't even know. Give me an example. Like you're like, uh, fancy would probably be when a I say, risotto. yeah, when I make yeah. a mushroom risotto, when I make risotto, people are like, ooh, ah. Well, I guess it's just, you know what? She's just making real food. She's just yeah. making real food. But the thing is, you saying you're not being shape or, you know, this and that, like what you're doing is amazing. And I'm going to just throw it out there and be like, yeah, it should be emotional. That's a lot of credit yeah. to throw out there. You're doing a lot and you're making it happen. You know, you're doing the best you can. And actually you're doing it beyond better than what a lot of people can do. You know, a lot of people, and I'm not trying to offend anyone. So if anyone is offended out there, excuse me and I apologize. But even people with zero children or one child even saying, I don't have time for that. Because you do have time. And you said it just target bullseye, you know... Like making the time, but also the household's not going to run efficiently. Your mood's not going to be efficient. Your husband and your communication's not going to be efficient if you are not taking care of you first. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned to me that your husband, John, really, you said it took you until having the twins yeah. to realize you had to take time for yourself and you had to put forth more effort to... Um, value that you time yes and absolutely. fitness is a big part so like why did it take you so long well I think to back up um you know I grew up in East Germany communist East Germany if that means anything to anybody out there um my generation probably but I grew up very poor and then the wall fell and the country united and I left home when I was 19 um to come over here I think that the way I was raised and what I had done in my 20s and 30s, it was always very, I was always very hard on myself, way too hard on myself. Nothing was ever good enough, you know, like I had to do this and this and this and I went to college and I went to grad school and this and that and I had, you know, I wanted the best job and I wanted to do the best work all the time and what happens, what happened to me along the way is I kind of had to 
we don't, not everybody has good days every day, obviously. We have days where we're like, oh my gosh, this day sucked. Or I didn't do very well today. Well, you have to embrace that. Mm-hmm. And I did not know how to embrace that. I would be just like, oh my gosh, I did terrible this. Da, 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 da. So then having the children, it was kind of like, you know, I wanted to always have everything perfect and this and that and do everything by myself. But when we went from two to four kids overnight, my my husband is basically unavailable. He has a full-fledged career. Monday through Friday, he's unavailable. And we always joke, Saturday morning, sometimes he says to me, hi, um, what was your name again? Remind me of your name. Because we joke, we don't talk much during the week because he runs his show, I run my show. Anyway, what happened with the twins, he looked at me and he literally said to me, B, this is not, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You have C-section, you have the two older kids that are in school. I mean, we need help. We need to, we need to delegate. You need to find a woman, a nanny, a babysitter, somebody that can help us because I'm not here. I'm at work every day, 12, 14 hours. And I kicked, I screamed and it took me about four months until the twins were four months. And, you know, uh, for anybody out there, who's experienced this before, you can only go, you can only push yourself so far to like the point of burnout when you've never been taught how to properly, you know, practice self-care or how to take care of yourself and to always go, 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 go. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy to live like that. And finally, when we got help, and I, I'm still learning to delegate, and the twins are going to be four, but I've gotten a lot better. And the last four years have really been, I've embraced them because on one hand, I think it's the beauty of getting older. You know so much more what you like, what you don't like, who you are, who you're not, what you appreciate, what you don't appreciate. But also John, because he's 10 years older than me, he really taught me and and reiterated and repeated himself over and over and he would always say to me B who cares if the laundry isn't done perfectly who cares if they don't have this and this type of meal today you are sick or you have a cold or whatever you need to take care of yourself get you know different things happen in life you know he would be the one who would say easy solution get the nanny here two hours earlier we need help Mm -hmm. and you know then I had a fifth child so (laughs) People, a lot of people, you know, think, oh, well, you have a nanny, you have help. Yeah, but I also have five children. So if I do have help, that doesn't relieve me on any of anything, really. I still have to be there. I still mm-hmm. have to. There's still stuff to do. It's a set of hands. But my husband was really the one who, you know, had to literally, like, talk to me about it, like, over and over again. And he would say to me, if we're not right, if we don't take care of ourselves, we're older parents. You know, here we are. We had another baby. I'm in, you're in your 40s now. I'm in my 50s. And we need the help, mm-hmm. you know, because otherwise it's not going to be good. If you're burned out, if you're tired all the time, if you're running on empty, the kids are going to suffer. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. I believe they do. Well, because when mom gets, I mean, since you're predominantly the one that's home, since John's working 12 to 14 hours, if mom gets grumpy, if mom gets grouchy, you know, usually, you know, sometimes the kids will get that little, that little whiplash from it. And, and you don't want to show your kids that you really don't. And that's the hardest part. But what I want to step back at, and I think we kind of talked about this at one point when we were maybe on a walk or something, is that we both agreed that guys are 
probably one of the best <laughs> like examples of that self-care, self-love. And and I don't want to say selfishness, no, but no. us females, we need to be a little more selfish in the in not feeling guilty about it. Yes. Because we are such doers, doers, doers. We will give and care for everyone else on the planet before we care for ourselves. And guys are just like, <laughs> I mean, literally like, <laughs> sorry, buddy, if you're listening to this, but like, I have a sore throat. And yeah. literally we'll take like four days off from humanity and like, I'm not going to exercise. I'm just going to do anything that's comfortable to me. I'm going to order junk food or whatever. And I'm like, what? You should like keep on moving. And, you know, and I will like blaze through something. If I have a yes. headache, you know, because we're, we're used to like having little aches and pains, yeah. you know, with periods and stuff like that. But guys, I think can be, you know, gentlemen can be probably the best examples to show us that like sometimes you just need to like really push the pause button or you, know, you don't just, have to remind them on an airplane look if something happens put the mask on yourself first you don't yeah, have to tell them don't freak out they'll be like Duh! you know they will do it but yeah i mean it's it's definitely it's definitely true that the men men seem to have more of a sense of self in terms of okay i i'm not feeling 100% so Everybody else needs to wait while I'm getting better. I need to take care of myself first. And that's another thing I learned from my husband because he's also one of those people who, when he has a cold, he's in bed, guys, like all day. And I'll be like with five kids, I'm like, are you okay? Because you don't have a fever and you just have, I mean, you could probably get up and help me like a little bit maybe. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> but no, no, he'll just be like, no, you know what, babe, I got to stay in bed today all day so I can get better so I can go back to work. It'll pass quicker. And I'm like, okay, that's one strategy. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think that is true. I think that as women, we're extreme multitaskers. Mm -hmm. We always, you know, do, 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 do all day long. But, you know, it's, I've gotten a lot better, I must say. I've gotten a lot. It took me a while. But it's also, you know, for me, I am so blessed. You know, I have five healthy children. Mm -hmm. We live in this beautiful Manhattan Beach, California. It's pretty nice here. <laughs> I am very blessed. And that's the other, the other reason, the other motivation for me not to stand still too much and to really enjoy because life is short. And I, you know, I want to live it to the fullest. I still, yeah, I mean, sometimes I only sleep six hours because I really want to get up at five and go for a run and get it done because if I don't do it then, I'm not going to have time during the day to do it. So that happens. But it's also, that's how I feel like I live my life to the fullest, mm -hmm. you know? Everybody does it differently. Some people like to have a couple of drinks. Some people like to go out. Some people travel more. You know, we're pretty pretty stationary here with the five small kids. You kind um, of live on a vacation yeah. where you live. <laughs> yeah, we do, you know, yeah. we do. So that's that's kind of how, how I look at it. But See, okay, so now let's, I want to jump into how did you make it to Manhattan Beach? Because you mentioned that you were born and raised in Germany and totally different lifestyle than California, SoCal, right? Yes. Um, so you are, are you? The youngest of five children? I'm the fourth. The fourth. Yeah. So you're the fourth of five children. So you're kind of like repeating that pattern of having five kids. Crazy. Isn't that crazy how that happens? It's, it's like my sister has three kids and we grew up in a household of three. It's maybe that comfort thing. I don't know. But so, okay, so your childhood, you said in your 20s, your 30s, you were that perfectionist. 
Working a lot. Working yes. a lot. And you were still in Germany at the time? No, I was already in the U.S. Okay, so when did you make your way over to the U.S. and how did you make your way over? So, since I grew up in East Germany, you know, we don't speak any English. We didn't really learn English in school. And when the wall fell and the country reunited, it was a big, uh, a big source of insecurity for us uh, teenagers because we didn't speak English. And we were like, oh my gosh, everybody speaks English. If you travel to France or Spain or Italy or whatever, if you don't speak the language, at least... You can somehow get by speaking English. And also, it was a big deal getting a job or getting into university. So, for me at the time, the most inexpensive way to learn the language was to come to America as an au pair, which is basically a nanny. Mm -hmm. So, I moved over here. I took care of two little girls. And I was only supposed to be in the U.S. for one year. And to learn English. And I worked for that family. I managed to household the kids. I did everything. I had a little newborn baby and a four-year-old girl, two girls. And then I ended up going to college. I got a full ride. I ended up going to undergraduate school. And I studied. It was very, very hard because by the time I started college, I had only, I had only been speaking English for one year. So I was, and this is before smartphones and all that. This is 97. Um, so I was walking around everywhere with a dictionary and a thesaurus. Do oh people God. even know what a thesaurus is? <laughs> I used to do that when I traveled to like Peru and stuff. That was before smartphones too. Oh my yeah. God, I remember. And you're like flipping through really fast. Yeah. Thesaurus. Get, no know. one knows what a thesaurus is these days. <laughs> They're like, synonym? What? Yeah. Sounds like? That's okay, keep it. going. Yeah. So I lived in San Francisco for a hot minute for a job. Um, I studied design. Um, and then I liked the West Coast. And while I was in San Francisco, I went down to L.A. a couple times to check it out. And I couldn't believe it. But I was on the East Coast. And then I decided, you know what, if I get a good job, I'll move to L.A. And so I applied for a couple jobs. And there was the visa issue, of course. Mm -hmm. I had a student visa. So it wasn't that easy. I was kind of like one leg in, one leg out. I had to be aware that, you know what, I might not be able to stay in the U.S. I might have to return to Europe, which is not a bad option. Germany is a great country. But um, I wasn't going to accrue illegal time in the United States, so that's not my thing. So I got very lucky. I got very lucky. I applied. I got a job. The company that, I, that hired me uh, was a company that had um, a few different locations across the world, in San Francisco and Brussels and Tel Aviv and London, international firm and they paid for my visa wow. so I stayed I converted I, had a, I got a work visa and here I, I've been in LA since 2002 crazy wow. so that's how I stayed and I and I still can't believe that I stayed actually in the US and why is that well I loved it I loved it and I tried to go back to Germany but every time I would go home then and I love going home, but it always made me feel like I was traveling into the past, mm. into what was my past. Mm -hmm. And then in the U.S., I felt like all this opportunity was available and you can just go and get it. And if you have an idea and you want to do something, you can go do it. And if you want to work hard, it's available to you, mm -hmm. you know. So it was very inspiring, um, especially since I was a graphic designer. Um, I felt... I never felt kind of like a floating artist. I felt like I had a purpose. I felt like uh, my talents, my business was wanted. It was easy for me to get business and to work hard and to receive good feedback. 
And that's what ultimately kept me here. I loved it. So you said something just phenomenal to me that really stuck in my head and is still stuck in my ingrained in my brain. And you said, um, I want to see if you'll you'll remember the exact words, but and I think you you tell your daughter Jenna this that you know in Germany you know you said you were living in the past and there's not as much opportunity to expand to grow. But the U.S., you came here, and a lot of, I think, Americans tend to take this for granted, how much opportunity we do have right in front of our face and how much chance and just, you know, like, take a step and you'll do it. Because you told me, like, you know, it's basically like, like, wow, this is amazing, you know, like, like, the harder you work, what was it, the harder the work you work? I say to Jenna, yeah, I, I do remember what I said to her, I say to Jenna all the time, nothing bad ever comes from giving 110%. Nothing bad happens from it. If you work hard, if you put your mind through to something, and if you give it all you got and you work hard, whether it is a test or project for school or an essay you're working on or when she prepares for a big test, I tell her all the time, I go, look, Jenna, don't stress yourself out. You're studying as hard as you can. You're giving it all you got. So when you go, the day comes, when you go and you take that test, you don't have to feel one ounce of regret or guilt that you didn't prepare, you know, sufficiently, that you didn't prepare enough. You did. And then if you come home with a B or a B plus, so be it. Mm-hmm. At least you prepared. However, if you don't prepare and you wing it and you yeah. come home with a B, I'm probably going to be a little pissed. Yeah. You know, not because... A B is a bad grade, but just because I would be disappointed that you didn't go out and give it your all in yeah. terms of preparation. Mm-hmm. Preparation is everything. So I do tell my kids all the time, work hard, go the extra mile. Sometimes you go years without it being seen by anyone, but eventually it will come around. I am a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer that, you know, sometimes you might work, 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 work towards something and give it all you got and it doesn't happen or maybe you don't reap the fruits of your labor. Eventually, it will happen. I believe that that's how life is designed and I and I think that um, you can't, nothing bad comes of it, you know, if you work hard. Yeah, I mean, you even put that in a firm example when you were saying when you were working in your, your industry um, full full time and you were saying like, I noticed the harder I worked, the more money I could make, which is just yeah. so, like, duh, so, right? Well, yeah, like, <laughs> duh, but it's almost like, duh, like, the way you said it, it was like, damn straight, like, the harder I worked, the more money I could make. It was almost like a competition with yourself, mm-hmm. and I think um, another thing that you were saying is, like, preparation is everything, and I want to jump into now, um, because now... You're in America, you're loving your job. It's this totally different transition of, you know, life for you. Um, preparation is everything. You you had your first marriage and you had two mm-hmm. children and you kind of got a bite of, uh, okay, you know, um, I'm a mom, I've got to have everything square. And you said you wanted to be kind of a little bit more of everything's perfect, perfectionistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you are also a an iron woman doing the iron races. Um, so how did you prepare training for those races and being in charge of two great, great kids? 
So the well to keep it straight, I've done probably thirty triathlons, but I've actually never done a full Ironman. I've mm-hmm. done a half Ironman and I've done a Stop. lot of Olympic distance, but mm-hmm. I've done a ton of triathlons. My dream was honestly to always do an Ironman, but I just simply did not have the time for that in my schedule between work and the kids. Because as most people might know with endurance sports, um, a lot of it is just putting the hours in and conditioning your body to going hours, hours, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keep your heart, um, you know, get your heart in shape for that and your legs in shape for that. So the way I did it, honestly, I worked out before work every day, 5 a.m., 4.30 4.30 a.m. runs, get on my bike early, early, if it rain or shine. If it rained outside or we had, which doesn't happen often in L.A., but if the weather wasn't ideal or if it was foggy, I'd drive to the gym. I'd sit on the spin bike for two, three hours getting it done. I'd get in the pool. You know, I would just do it. I would put it in my calendar as non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And that's how I did it. So I've done my fair share of triathlon as well. And I know that it is... It's very <laughs> lonesome at times. Yes. And you have a lot of time to think. Yes. So what did you think about when you were on the spin bike, just sitting there in the pool with your bubbles and you? I think that part of the reason why I chose that sport is because I, this is part of my learning, my learning curve as an adult. I was unable to be away from my children mm. doing nothing. By nothing, I mean, oh, la la, just like grocery shopping or shopping or sitting on the beach or even going to the gym. It had to be purpose-driven. Yeah. It had to be something. So it was kind of like I would have a race on the calendar and I would make that my priority. And because I was taking care of my body and my physical health, somehow it was easier for me to be away from the kids, you know, mm-hmm. because they, it was either early in the morning and they were still sleeping and I, they weren't missing me and they didn't even know I was gone half the time. And so that's kind of, I needed the alone time, you mm-hmm. know, away mm-hmm. from the kids and away from my job. I needed that alone time, but I couldn't figure out how to do it in a different way other than running, biking or swimming. So a lot of times... I just really enjoyed those moments just to be alone. Mm-hmm. I was really in the moment training. Like I would really pay attention to my body and how it felt and whether or not I had a good day or a bad day or if I was fatigued or sore. Um, hey, sometimes I had some really good ideas, you know, mm-hmm. running or cycling or, you know, sometimes I had great ideas in, in, in regards to projects. Sometimes I would just be inspired. Sometimes I would come off of a 40-mile bike ride and I would be so grateful that my body was functioning and that I could do this. And I would get get off my bike and go, all right, back to the kids. Yeah. It's going to be a great day. I got my me time in and now they got the next 12 hours with me. And that's what I love about you because you're always like, when you tell me your schedule of what you've already done, it's almost like I have that switch in my head like, I haven't done enough. I need to keep up. I've got no excuse. I gotta go. <laughs> no. You know, like, no, but it's true because you, you, like, you know, a lot of us, we plant excuses in our heads of why we can't or did not get something done. You know, yeah. Or try to trick ourselves, like, oh, I worked out hard yesterday. Today, maybe I could just not. You know, but if working out is your thing, if that's your outlet, then 
give it all you got. You know, yeah. like do it. Um, so moving on from that, preparation is everything. So you prepared with that. You prepared. That was your like kind of like your ringleader of everything else in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, so moving on, we're gonna take quite a jump um, to your second marriage with John, which oh, I I love John, guys. She's got. He's amazing. I'm going to take a deep breath because I don't think you understand that a guy like this exists in the modern world. He is a gem and you guys appreciate one another so much. You're honest with one another. You communicate well from what I see you do at least. And it's so compatible. And I'm wishing and taking vibes off of you guys (laughs) that some like spiritual cosmos energy will come from someone else that's just like John and come on to my life. Um, But preparation is everything. That's going to be our quote of the day because now you've got five kids and you still do not put excuses out there of A, why you cannot get a little fitness time for yourself. B, why you can't get some recovery time as in the cryotherapy chamber and the recovery on Mm -hmm. that, sitting down at the Normatec booths. C, making a wholesome, delicious, real food meal for your kids to eat, enjoy, and know that that is real food and how to honor their bodies. Mm-hmm. Preparation is everything. And we've talked about it many, many of times about how a lot of people make up excuses of, you know, well, I don't have time. Got to go yeah. through the drive through which, you know, sometimes you can do the drive through but that's just not my thing. Um... How how do you plan for these events? I'll call them dinner time, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like, what's your what's your drill? So it's honestly, it's very very simple. It's very simple. I love my smartphone, but you know what? I still got laying in my kitchen. I have a giant. What? How big is that thing? Twenty by fifteen inch calendar laying there. Mm-hmm. That is basically an overview of the month. Mm-hmm. where each square, which resembles each day, has enough space for me to put in tiny little writing, what is going on, what that is. You know, I feel like I'm constantly at the dentist with one of the kids for teeth cleaning, for example, or eye checkups or skin checkups or this or that, you know, whatever it is. I mean, the window washer's coming, the cleaning people are coming, I don't know, whatever. So I put everything in there. And what I do every weekend without a fail, I write down what I cook during the week, what I make. And there has to be always uh, 20% flexibility in there. And I know exactly which days are more crazy than than other days where I may not have even an hour to stand in the kitchen to make dinner, where it has to be quicker or where I have to do it earlier in the day when the baby is napping. Because between 3 and 6 p.m., it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I got to do it earlier. I got to be prepared this goes down to me already like peeling, seeding an avocado, mashing it up, putting a little lime juice on there, putting it in there already for the fridge, making fresh guac for the kids because they love that and they dip their carrots in there or the jicama in there while I'm doing everything else. It's just me thinking ahead because I always say to other moms, I mean, it sounds funny, but I am the queen of prepping, of preparing mm-hmm. for what is coming because here's the thing. When it's 5, 5.30, and I have to feed five kids and three of them are toddlers, and I'm not prepared, it's not going to be a very fun hour. Mm-mm. It's not going to be fun. So by me preparing, it also it's also how I manage my anxiety mm-hmm. about being 
with five kids that are yelling at me and saying, Mom, I want this, and I can I have this, and can I have this? And I have to be like, whoa, 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 kids. Everybody sit down, wait for me, you know, we're doing this and this and this. So the preparation gives me a lot of peace because in that moment then, when the kids are all hungry, all, all of them are tired, and all of them want all of it for me, I am prepared for it. Does it make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've already expended energy ahead of time that I knew was going to be asked of me at a later time. Mm-hmm. So I expended earlier in the day when I have more time mm-hmm. so that when the end of the day comes where I have to check homework and feed and clean up the kitchen and this and that, I am somewhat prepared and it helps me a lot. It just gives me peace, you know? Yeah, because those little toddlers, I mean, they can jump and they can Yes. They can climb on you like little monkeys and take you down to the ground. It's you versus them. And let me tell you something else. When you're prepared a little bit, like when it comes to feeding them, you also, I am also way more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I don't fly off, you know, fly off the hook for anything. I don't have to yell at them. I, it's, I feel more in control of the situation, mm-hmm. you know. So do I run a very tight ship? Yes. Is it, is it, do I live and love my routines? Absolutely. I love my routines. It works for us. It works for our family. You know, that I'll, that's kind of, I've always been that way, but then having the twins and the baby on top of it, it kind of took it to a whole next, a whole other level, you know? Yeah. But that's how I do it. I mean, with the meals, it's very easy. I try to go to shop only twice a week. There always happens to be one day where I forgot something or I need fresh berries or this or that. And then I use, I take advantage of the farmer's market that is on Tuesday or I go run to grow, which is local. Um, and I run in there and it doesn't become a whole big shopping spree. I might only have one bag and I get fresh produce. That might happen once a week. But overall, I have a very good understanding of my week. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like, people use their smartphones. Yeah, great for the smartphones, but sometimes that cloud messes everything up. Yes. I'm still a person that, like, I mean, I could even show you. I've got these nice planners. They're, like, bound. I've got this golded edge. I I write in there because I have a photographic memory, mm-hmm. and so I'm very doodle-based, and I can, I can remember on there. Like, right here, I'm taking notes in a little, like, notebook. I've got notebooks out of the wazoo, but it's that preparation – and knowing that you can see it, it's prepared, it's it's like your outline, you yes, know? Yes, yeah. And so I want to ask, um, do the little kids, can they go into the pantry yet? Like open yes. the door? Oh, yes. Okay. The two-year-old is a beast. He opens the refrigerator, the giant Whoa. refrigerator. And he'll go, na-na-na, na-na-na, which is banana. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, buddy. Oh, yeah, they're all over. They're all over my business. Hey, at least it's na-na-na instead of like... Sucker or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not in my house. No, Wait, no, no. Wait, so, so do they, what, do you have any, I hate to use the word restrictions, but like, what is the dietary plan um, that you have um, for your children? So my house, it's definitely cultural driven because I have lived in the U.S. long enough to notice two things. Number one, Americans eat very differently. And number two, it fascinates me over and over and over again how much the way you were raised those first 10, 15, 18 years of your life, your at-home culture affects how you live your adult life, how you take care of your body, how you feed it, whether or not you stay in shape. It fascinates me. Mm -hmm. I feel such responsibility towards my kids 
they need to see me washing berries, cutting up strawberries, mashing avocado, rinsing broccoli. I want them to see all of it. Of course, I sound like a broken record. I have three toddlers every day. I have to be like, okay, everybody has to eat their vegetables. My house is not gluten-free. We're not vegetarian. We're not vegan or anything like that. Our, my house is very balanced. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Which is good for growing... Children. Yeah, like two, for example, two days a week at least, we don't eat meat. Yeah. So I don't do fish, chicken or anything. So I might do a delicious, you know, um, spaghetti squash casserole with buffalo mozzarella. Or I'll do, you know, um, just a bunch of veggies and, you know, cheese goes a long way, a little Parmesan cheese on mm -hmm. there. So they just eat veggies. Or we just do a pasta with like a red sauce or, you know... We've even done um, taco night where I've done tofu, which I'm not very good at, but, you know, where I dehydrate the tofu and I pan fry it in coconut oil and I sell it as chicken, you know. But I, I, I experiment with them and I offer them at least twice a week besides the veggie day, the non-meat day, I try to offer them something new. Mm -hmm. And I do it in small dosages and most of it, you know, it might end up in the trash or then I eat it because I don't want to throw it away. But whether it is edamame or jicama or, I don't know, a new veggie, a piece of celery or something, I, I offer it to them and I, they watch me eat it. Mm -hmm. The bigger kids are much better because they're older and my daughter is amazing. She eats anything. But so to answer your question, to me, it's about balance. And I, of course, I bake cookies. Of course, I bake brownies. But then you use the good stuff. I use the good stuff. I get high quality ingredients. I love doing gluten-free desserts because not because I'm gluten intolerant. None of my kids, thank God, have any allergies or are gluten intolerant. But I do believe that when you are going to have a treat, if you can make it healthier, why not? Mm -hmm. If you can make it with almond flour and coconut flour mm -hmm. instead of the white bleach junk, yeah, do it. If you it's can, refined, yeah. Right? I mean, if you if you can use honey or agave nectar instead of white sugar, do it. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm really into that. And I love making, I love my juicer. I juice a lot. Mm -hmm. um, when my toddlers have like a rough patch and they don't eat their veggies very good, I love doing juice that have has beets in it because then it looks mm -hmm. pink and then mm -hmm. they'll drink it. I have all kinds of little tricks up my sleeve. So I juice a lot. I do fresh squeezed orange juice for them as a treat. That's considered a treat at my house. Yeah, it's sugar, yeah. So, um, and of course, once or twice a week, yeah, we bake cookies. I yeah. have I have prepped gluten-free cookie dough in the freezer. And I, I tell them, I go, okay, guys, today, veggie heavy meal. If you're eating everything on your plate, guess what? We're putting cookies in the oven afterwards. Aww. And you know what? The cookies are only... It's not a giant cookie the size of my hand. These yeah, are kids. It's a, it's a two-inch diameter cookie. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. So I'm all into balance. Exactly. But again, how you feed your kids, it's also, I see it on other moms, you know, without being judgmental, but it's a lot of work. And you got to step out of your own comfort zone. And it is a lot of work to prep food and, you know, offer them Think different things. It. Yeah. It is hard work to not offer your kids over and over again the same food all the time just because it's easy and mm -hmm. it's easier that way, mm -hmm. you know, so. You know, I think my mom did a really good job of that and she, if she's listening to this, she'll probably be like, what? But she did. I mean, my mom was a working mom. She worked multiple jobs and she oftentimes did work at nights too and she was a nutritionist. So there were some stuff that were 
<laughs> was not at our house. But I do remember, and still to this day, it, I think it did transform me into the choices that I make today. Because, yeah, I think the sweets that we had were like ice cream, you know. But we were never, people and, you know, family members in my my household, you know, were never really cake people. You know, maybe my dad was the one that brought home cookies, you know, but but we really weren't into that, you know. Yeah, sure, we went to the neighbor's house to get, like, soda and gum, you know, like, because mm-hmm. that was never at our house. But I think all in all, I remember as a child, because I always was in charge of making my own lunches and stuff, I would make, you know, peanut butter sandwiches and stuff like that, you know, and... um. I would always have, like, the carrots in there, the ready-to-go carrots. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I remember making those choices, mm-hmm. you know, and it's better for you. And it's 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 almost like teaching your kids how to love. Yeah. It really is because um, there's another study that I heard that your child knows by up to the age of 18 months if they are loved in life. Wow. So. I believe it. Yeah. So it's kind of like nourishing your children actually it's true nourishing your children with real food high as you said high quality ingredients that's a form of love Mm -hmm. you know and and you know some people their budget may not extend to the most high quality ingredients but they do the best that they can so again i have apologize if i offend anyone out there um because i know you're doing the best that you can but um i did read a study that just constantly giving your kids you know I'm trying to use this lightly just junk food stuff that's going to bring their immunities down mm-hmm. um, you know stuff of that nature it is a form of negligence you know I totally agree and I think that it's inexcusable nowadays I find myself I mean think about all the information that is available to us nowadays all the stuff that us adults uh, able to read about inflammation in the body, how to strengthen your immune system, what veggies, what foods to eat, what is gluten intolerance. You know, gluten is a big deal nowadays. I mean, whether or not you eat meat or what kind of meat you eat or chicken and this and that. All the stuff that we didn't, I certainly never heard of when I was a child, but I talk about it with my kids now, even my toddlers. And my husband is hilarious. My husband will be... <laughs> My, John is so disciplined. He is in amazing shape for being in his early 50s. But even if I make a healthy, yummy, gluten-free, like applesauce brownie or whatever, my husband will have like the tiniest little bite. And then he'll tell the twins and the, and Jonathan, he'll tell the, the babies, these are muscle softeners. Daddy doesn't eat these because I want to make sure my muscles stay on. And it's so funny. Muscle softeners? Muscle softeners. And you know what? The kids listen to all this. And when they don't want to try the green bean or they don't want to eat it and this and that, I talk to them about it and I say to them, listen, guys, you know, we need to eat some veggies and some food because that's what keeps our bodies healthy. And again, I sound like a broken record. I say it every day. And, And sometimes, do I know what all five of mine prefer and all five what is their favorite veggie or this or that of course I do and if they have a tough day or they're extra tired then I don't even fight with them then they get their cherry tomatoes and their cucumber Jeffrey my nine-year-old loves cucumber you could eat like a cucumber every day and I don't argue with him you know but I also know I also have available at my house what I know my kids will eat Mm -hmm. you know and then sometimes 
I'll give in. And I'm like, okay, fine. You don't have to eat this vegetable. You can eat this and this and this. So again, it's about balance, but by God, I try. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you got to be a broken record. You see that with advertisements out there. Have you ever wondered why you're like on the computer or driving by somewhere at the bank and you see two of the exact same posters right next to each other? It's that like double takes, that repetition. Mm -hmm. You see it once, you may scan over it. You see it twice, you look back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Soon it's ingrained in your brain. So repetition is key, you know. And uh, and if you resist that action, you know, the issue is just going to persist on and on and on. So, you know, you just got to keep on going with it. Um, all right, B, I know we've got baby Jonathan on nap time, so we're going to kind of wrap this up. <laughs> I have um, one more question for you, but before I ask you, is there anything else that you kind of want to throw out there? Maybe like a little tip or um, just something that maybe came to your mind that you want to share with the group? Well, um, I have days where the kids drive me crazy. Do I have days where I wake up and I wish I could just go and do something else or go to sleep or just not cook today or not, you know? Of course, of course. Not every day I, you know, I skip workouts. I don't, you know, whatever. It's balance. But the greatest motivation for me is I want to do the best I can and I want to be the best I can for my children because eventually they're going to grow up and they're going to leave. And whatever they might become when they're adults, whichever path they go to, whatever life throws at them, I... I want to be in the clear with myself that I gave my best, that I did your A plus. Yeah, my A plus, that I did as much as I could and that I didn't shortcut and that I didn't look the other way and that I tried and that I tried to teach them. And that, honestly, that's what motivates me. And I have days where I put the kids at, to bed at night and I take a deep breath and I'm like, oh God, tomorrow's going to be a better day. <laughs> day. <laughs> we all have that. And I have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, as a mother, you know, I suck today. You know, I, of course I have that, but you just got to learn from it. And the next day is a new day and you keep on going, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I, I constantly find motivation. You know, you have to. Guys, constantly find motivation, constantly find motivation. All right, Miss B, your last question. Are you ready? Yes. Dun, da, da, da. B, what is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? And you may have already said it. Whew. That's, you know, I think having so, being pregnant so many times, I, so I was pregnant four times since I had a set of twins, and I did go, you know, full term with all of mine and I had all big healthy babies and gaining all that weight and then having C-sections and recovering from surgeries and I've had other injuries and this and that and, and regaining your shape, you know, after birth. Again, that was another way of me to find motivation. It, it inspired me so much. I mean, one baby, whatever. I kind of took it for granted. I have to say, honestly, first baby, I took it for granted. I was 30. No big deal. But then the second and the twins and Jonathan, the, the miracle of our bodies, I appreciate so much. And there's not a magazine, not a book in the world, not another woman or man I can look at for fit inspo mm -hmm. other than myself. Because I look, 
I look at myself and I'm like, wow, what my body has been capable of, what our bodies are capable of, what, what it's amazing. Even as a woman, even if you've never had a child or you've never given birth, you know, in your life, it doesn't matter. But you know inside what your body would be capable of, the, the self-healing, the recovery, the regeneration. I think that is my greatest motivation. Like I honor that in myself. I honor it in my body. And as I'm getting older, of course, it's harder to stay in shape. It takes more work. It takes more fine-tuning, you know. When I was doing a lot of endurance sports, a couple donuts here and there didn't bother me. Now, I can hardly eat a donut without feeling like sick to my stomach, you know. Yeah. So I choose my treats wisely. But I think, does it answer your question kind of? Like, I think... Of course um, it does. I, yeah, I'm amazed by our bodies. And too many people take it for granted what we're capable of. Yeah, exactly. That you, you know? can go further mentally and physically. So your motivation is to basically really be grateful in the appreciation of the miracle of, you know, owning our own bodies. Yes. You only got one. You only got one. So you got to make it work. Work, work, work. <laughs> All right, guys. B, thank you so much for being on the Just Being Honest podcast. Thank you. I'm so honored that you had oh, me. Thank you. Know you know what? I had you. Guys, I pick my guests based upon who I trust and what I feel that they have value to bring to the show. And to you guys, you guys all needed to hear her story. And I hope we can have you back on again. You know, because, yes, she's got stories to tell. And also, I want you guys to tune in to B&T Kitchen. You can find it on Facebook right now. Um, I believe it's on, you guys are on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel too, yeah. Yeah. So I'll share that link with you guys. It's so fun. It's so hilarious. They're just <laughs> so cute, her and Tommy. So, without further ado, guys... Thank you so much for tuning in every single Monday for a new episode of the Just Being Honest podcast. We are on. You can subscribe directly to Spotify, iTunes, or Simplecast FM. Oh, it's been a joy. Until next time, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao.